This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So ball, as in ball arena, is sponsoring us right now across the DMVR network. That's ball as in aerospace technology, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer, and as in sustainability. And by 2030, Ball aims to reduce operational carbon emissions by 55% and across their value chain by 16% from 2017. And to help with that, they need staff at their golden plant. They have manufacturing positions for production technicians and other roles available so they can make more cans. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable. This will help that out. So here's what you do. Check out Work at Ball online to apply for a position at their golden plant. Text golden to 77222. Go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden to 77222. Let's get rolling. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls that to Zach may sake at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Not supposed to wait for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our side. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast, a Friday edition, and believe it or not, Kind of, you could say the last pre-camp edition, but because we're going to take a day off on Monday, by the time we're back on Tuesday, it's time for the Broncos players to report for training camp for the first practice on Wednesday. I'm Andrew Mason, joined by Andre Simone, Henry Chisholm, checking in from Northern Montana. Is that correct? Did I get the part of of Montana right? Yep, it's like basically Canada or basically Idaho. So whatever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he is, Henry Chisholm is up there almost as far north as you can get without leaving the lower 48. But wherever you are, even outside of this country, you can check out MSU Denver online. Time and time again, the one thing that'll protect you against economic downturns is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go build your toolbox at MSU Denver. MSU Denver online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their degrees to land coveted jobs, and some of our own staff members are taking MSU online classes this this summer. So you can get your education, you can live your life, continue working, whatever you're doing at home, better your life with an education from MSU Denver online because on campus or online, it's all the same. Their students do just as well online as they do in person. Gentlemen, how are you doing today on this fine Friday? It's a good one. It's a fine Friday. Truly, we've got the Olympics coming up. I'm I'm excited and I'm ready for some real Broncos stuff to come up with next week. But 
Honored to be with you two. Dare I say the hottest duo in podcasting right now. Oh, oh, oh stop it. Uh, yeah, Andre, yeah. of course. Andre yeah. Simone checked with, in me, with me on Wednesday. Henry and I did the podcast on Tuesday. Hank, you've, probably, you've got at least one or two really huge fans of yours out there, as we've seen mm. on social media. Mm. Yep, my parents have some burners. <laughs> <laughs> are, they the, are they the same as well the Adam played. Gates burners? Or are they... Uh, did they they didn't defend him did they no i'd like to think that they were better than that who knows though (laughs) who knows all righty well it's appropriate i think to take on the topic we're going to take on today because drew lock unless there is a dramatic sea change in what happens with aaron Rodgers, drew lock is going to be a focal point of training camp the competition of course between he and teddy bridgewater They've split reps to this point. They're going to split reps in training camp in the preseason. We'll see for how long. But I, first of all, I think there is much more optimism here in this community for Drew Locke rather than outside. And we're actually going to get into one of the examples of what is said about Drew Locke outside of Denver, and that is from Warren Sharp. You may follow him on Twitter at Sharp Football. He has a preview book that is out very analytically aligned. But earlier this week, a headline and a story that dives into Drew Locke and is damning the headline, Broncos have a Drew Locke-sized problem. And Sharp spends the entire piece getting into how inaccurate Drew Locke, how inaccurate Drew Locke was, for example, talking about only 49% of the passes he threw beyond 15 yards were catchable, putting him down among the worst quarterbacks in football, that his career catch rate is 40%, which is 17% below below average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even says that he wasn't, uh, wasn't very aggressive, 30th of, of 39 in the, aggre- in the aggression metric something that he mentions hasn't really increased. And of course, something that came up with Jerry Judy on ESPN earlier this week is that he's throwing a, a low percentage of catchable of catchable passes. Mm-hmm. And of course, ESPN cited that as a reason why Judy could bounce back this year because he dealt with the, the high percentage of catchable passes. So we know that this team will probably only go as far as the, as the quarterbacks take him. But uh, I'll start with you, Dre, and then get to you, Hank. Do you think this article, this sentiment that a lot of people outside of Denver have about Drew Locke is valid or is it kind of overstating things? Yeah, I guess it does to some extent put some of the uh, upside and flashes we saw, especially in 2019, a bit more in context, especially with the overall ranks um, in the rest of the league. And that's my biggest takeaway is as bad as 2020 was the, the 2019 data is a bit uh, mixed as well. And of course I think that was different in his first couple starts at that point, but um, not really once he progressed further. And then we really saw 2020 turn out to be just disastrous. I will say that, um, if you are kind of projecting, you know, upside and what have you, there's maybe some comfort in the fact that he ranks right around uh, guys like Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz, two guys who the rest of the NFL does still believe in to some extent, maybe not the rest of, but some teams in the NFL are still believing in and still investing because they have upside that I think is comparable 
to uh to Drew and look Drew just hasn't been an an analytics darling yeah. period uh kind of throughout his NFL career and uh and that relates to you know success after 2 years or the number of starts he have not really indicating that there's going to be much growth from here if you look at other sample sizes in the NFL so, I mean, that's the takeaway from Drew. But I think once you go further into the article, there's some really interesting stuff on, uh, you know, the receiving core and how that didn't help Drew and uh, Pat Shermer's play calling. I think if we are looking at the biggest differences from 19 to 20, that's what stood out to me most about this Warren Sharp article. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm going to go to you, Hank, on this. Shermer in his past is somebody who has maximized some quarterbacks. I think back to example to for example 2017. He had Case Keenum. Yep. Case Keenum was much more effective as a play action quarterback. Yes. And when Keenum came to Denver, we're all saying where's the play action because it worked in Minnesota. Bill Musgrave seemed to be allergic to that. So we know Shermer can guide an offense that plays to a quarterback who is much better in play action than he is otherwise if he's pedestrian everything else but he's superlative in play action so hank why do you think pat Shermer didn't have this thing click last year in that in that regard i mean that's kind of the big question right like they they spent drew's entire rookie season with with the other uh offensive coordinator rich gangarello mm -hmm. teaching him how to be good in play action you know that's how the whole offense was built you hand the ball off to a running back who's running behind a fullback and then bootleg out of it. Uh, when Pat Shermer came in, they just kind of ditched all that and wanted him to be a, a true pocket passer. And maybe he figures that out eventually, but it was definitely, I thought, a, a pretty significant break from what he'd been doing beforehand. And because of that, not something I would do, especially when you have such a strange offseason like the entire NFL did last year. So that part kind of confused me. Um I guess that's kind of the answer to your question is I don't have a good reason why you do that unless you think that, you know, the NFL is all about this like shotgun uh, spread type concepts. And mm -hmm. so even though our quarterback may not be great at those, the, the benefit of running that style of offense versus an older school style of offense is just so extreme that you have to do it anyway. But to me, that just doesn't make any sense. I will add this, though. Mm -hmm. You know, there was yeah. a stat uh, going around Twitter like a week or two ago, um, basically saying that in play action, Drew is fine. You know, mm -hmm. none, of, none of the stats are going to say that Drew is good. And yeah. I think that uh, Sharp really, uh, mm -hmm. really explained that to us. But there was like the one on play action. It's like, well, he didn't throw up an interception. He was decent. It's like, well, yeah, because he spent a lot of time working on that the year before. Mm -hmm. And everything else was even worse than these numbers would indicate when you take out the play action. So I, there's definitely things you can look for mm -hmm. and like about Drew. And I just hope that this year, after all that experience, he's he's figured out how to do a little bit more from the pocket. Yeah, to kind of dive into the play action, talking about the uh, the red zone, uh, the the re he does red zone first first half splits, play action versus non play action, with play action adding. 0.48 expected points per attempt without play action, negative 1.26 expected points per attempt. And the thing that I kind of, you know, one play that kind of kind of jumps in my mind in terms of red zone 
uh, not play action. And one of the two interceptions they threw in that scenario was that play where he was, remember against the charge where he tried to jam it in, uh, mm-hmm. I believe yep. Judy, and then got it got picked off. And I mean, that it's moments like that, that even though, for me, that even though the general arc of his last uh, five to six games was better than the, the the previous ones in that season, there were still things like that that made you just want to tear the, the hair follicles out of your scalp. Absolutely. And right here in the article, the lack, you know, there was no team improved their success rate more with the use of play action right. um, than the Broncos. And yet play action was only utilized... 30% of early down passes, that was 10th least of any team in the NFL. And the lack of pre-snap motion may be more notable. With yeah. that dropping in uh, 2019, they used the 8th most pre-snap motion. That dropped to 28th under Shermer in 2020. And as you cited, play action, pre-snap motion, such a key in getting success out of Case Keenum. Shoot, I think back to Sam uh, Sam Bradford's uh, phenomenal rookie season. He was one of those first spread quarterbacks to make such an early adjustment. Pat Shermer's behind the wheel on that. I think of Daniel Jones and him having more early success than he had later, um, you know, as his career progressed. That's all Pat Shermer being able to implement RPO, play action, pre-snap stuff. He knows how to do this. He knows how to adjust to these quarterbacks. Shoot, he's from the Andy Reid tree. We see this with Reid. We've seen it with Matt Nagy. It's a staple. We saw it when it worked with Frank Reich and Doug Peterson with Carson Wentz. Um, who's another quarterback who compares very favorably to Drew Locke. You really wonder why that didn't happen. Um, and of course, some is circumstantial. We, we can't forget how bad the injuries were last year. Right. Another indictment on Shermer in this article is that the Broncos simply had the about as little offensive success in the first half than any team. And of course, that's going to be... Uh, if you're not operating with a first half lead and you're a young quarterback and you've got a turnstile at right tackle and you've got no healthy wide receivers, that's no recipe to, to, you know, perform well in any sort of comeback scenario. You've already got the deck stacked against you. And that's another big issue we saw last year. Well, how do they get to a point where they're playing from ahead? Well, I mean, for example, I, I would look at this, obviously play action can work here. And the other thing that is obvious, what you talk about the injuries of receiving court everywhere, but the running, with the exception of running off right tackle, because of course they had the issues there. Yeah, the running game was relatively healthy most of the year. You did mm-hmm. have Philip Lindsay, and then of course Melvin Gordon played much better as the season went on. You're going to have Javante Williams. So, what is you know if you're the Broncos? What is stopping you from trying to kind of play a controlled game plan early mm-hmm. and emphasize the run so you can set up the play action? Last year, the Broncos ranked 21st in the league in play action uh, passes. According to Pro Football Reference, they had a hundred, they had 114 total play action uh, opportunities, play action attempts last year. If you are, and obviously, you can't really do play action if you're falling behind, if you're falling behind and you've got to go into catch up mode. Exactly. So for both of you guys, and you can kind of figure out who's going to answer first, do the Broncos need to, I hate to say this, but do they need to be conservative offensively early to set up these play action opportunities and help drew? I mean, it's, it's, 
something worth considering for sure. I, I, I think that if I were in charge of this offense, I would be thinking, how do we use play action throughout this game? Because I think that that is what makes the offense most successful. And if that's what we're thinking, and I think that's something we all agree on, why wouldn't you be doing things like play a little bit more conservatively? I did just find another number, though. So while the, mm-hmm. the Broncos, like, yards per attempt was pretty average running the ball last year, yeah. on first downs, there are only two teams worse running the football. Mm-hmm. Only Pittsburgh and Atlanta picked up fewer yards on rushing attempts on first down. And we saw that because it was second and long after second and long after second mm-hmm. and long. And that, to me, was a, a, a one of the bigger issues with that offense. And so while I definitely want them to be able to run the ball more and run the ball early – when when it was first yeah. down, they weren't able to, and they just kept putting themselves in bad situations. And I don't know what the reason for that is and why they were better on second and third down. I mean, second down, if it's second and eight, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to pick up more than if you're running on second and four, I guess. But it's uh, that was the other real piece to me here is the fact that it's just second and seven, second and eight every single time. Sure. And yeah. you're just putting yourself behind the sticks. Yeah, and I think running it more... <laughs> It has has to be what you're doing. I mean, and it's not even just a Drew problem. Drew or Teddy, I I can tell you right now, look at a box score. If they've got more than 35 pass attempts. They're dead in the water. Yeah, what, like 85% of the time, that's a loss almost automatically. Um, So on that alone, you have to run it more. But I think you need to be diverse in your running style. I think you need to be diverse in your personnel packages. You've got the, the uh, I mean, you've got the talent and the depth and you've got a diverse set of talents. They're not just all the same. So you got to utilize them and you got to use some misdirection. That's where play action comes in. That's where pre-snap motion comes in. That's where more RPO stuff comes in. And that's where you can simplify the field for a quarterback who undoubtedly has some talent, there's no denying that. Um, look at the SEC record books to, to figure that out for Drew or some of the highlights we've seen in his first couple of years. But he's a half-field, first-read quarterback. That's where he's going to have his most success. So if you're not doing that, you're just not going to operate well. And I mean, how much would a more RPO game have helped them on those blitzes from the right side that they could never pick up? All of a sudden, your quarterback's reading that exact guy and can at least do something more with it, operate quicker instead of these back foot throws, you know, right into the defense. You tossed a few things out there, Dre, that I want to get into. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Summer is here, and if you're ready to unveil your beach bod, your friends (laughs) at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, including the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for that hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping by using that code DNVR. You get the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You'll get their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, a crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to take care of your goodies. That that 4.0 performance package with that lawnmower 4.0, which is, dare we say, the goat of ball hair trimmers. Yes, we said yes, we did say it and we said it. We and then you've got the weed whacker, 
which is waterproof and also use a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. So the lawnmower 4.0, 7,000 RPM motor. And then if you, if you get that performance package, you get the weed whacker, which is 9,000 RPMs. And you know what? For some people, it's all about the lawnmower. For some, it's going to be about the weed whacker, ear and nose hair. You, the older you get, guys, the more you've got hair coming in places you don't want it, like your ear, like your nose. If you're not careful, you're going to hear a weird whistling sound in your nose <laughs> from nose hair, which is why you need to make sure you get that weed whacker from our friends over at Manscaped. And don't forget the code DNVR20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Also want to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, good company, hard seltzers. They're now at the DNVR bar. What else is at the DNVR bar is our partnership with the Breckenridge Brewery and their partnership with the National Parks Conservation Association. And the national and this organization is going to give is going to get 1% of all of all profits from Breckenridge Brewery this summer. The National Parks Conservation Association, they want to raise money to make sure that incidents like the tragic fires in Colorado last year aren't as damaging, that we're going to take care properly of our great outdoors. So when you buy a Breckenridge Brew this summer, 1% of the profits is going to help our great outdoors. And at the DNVR bar to, to promote this collaboration, you can enter to win a $30,000 escape pod trailer. So you can you can check that out the DMV check out more info at the DMVR bar or go to breckbrew.com slash ingoodco. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco for details on winning that thirty thousand dollar escape pod trailer. So check that out and also check out the farmhouse down in Littleton. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to eight p.m. to to make a pickup order. Use that code DNVR to save five dollars off your meal. A great weekend in Denver involves going to the DMVR bar and then going down to the farmhouse in Littleton as well. And if you come to the DMVR bar and you're a DMVR member, you get a big Breck brew for the price of a small Breck brew. But that's the case with all of our beers. Big beer for the price of a small oh. beer if you're a DMVR member and you come on down to the DMVR bar. If you also come on to the DMVR bar for watch parties, we're going to be getting those going for the Broncos here very shortly. You get extra raffle tickets if you're a DMVR member. Just tell your server that you're a DNVR member and you'll be in on extra raft raffle tickets. If you're a DNVR member, you get the most in-depth coverage of all Denver area sports, including our training camp coverage. Our daily quarterback scoreboard is going to begin on Wednesday. We're going to be doing deep dives into the quarterbacks every day and what they're doing out at training camp. You get, you get a free DNVR shirt from the DNVR locker. You get weekly member deals in the DNVR locker and with our partners, and so much more. So check out becoming a DNBR member today. So, Dre, a yeah. couple of things. You talked about Drew Locke being a you know a guy who flourishes in play action, half field, first read quarterback. That is what works best for him. And you could see that on film. That's evident even in OTAs this year as they've tried to as they yeah. try to get Drew Locke going. When he's a first read quarterback, he yeah. sizzles. When he's going through his progressions and he's not outside the pocket, if he's trying to scan the whole field, that's where things have broken down for him. Yeah. So I think the question, and I'll, I'll start with uh, you, Dre, and then go to you, Hank, is is that enough for him to be a viable NFL quarterback if they say, all right, he's good in first read, he's good in play action, let's distill the playbook down to that and see if we can't maximize this year. That's great, but 
does it help them grow? Well, I think uh, Sharp has more data on this that really gets to the bottom of it is the deep throw um, rate, especially to Drew's right. So his throwing side, you know, for example, Trubisky gets lit up by NFL Twitter because he's so inaccurate to his left side. Usually arm side, you're a little more accurate. Um, catchable rate of only 40%, 17% below average. Oof. So at the end of the day, we can talk about accuracy. We can talk about receiver injuries. We can talk about this, that, and the other. But if Drew is your choice, you are going to need to maximize those, those long shot, those deep shot, those play action bombs more so than what we've got out of him so far. Plain, simple, end of conversation. What Drew has done on those big plays alone has not been enough to make up for the margins that he's losing you in the short to intermediate game. And so that's just the equation we have to have. You know, uh, Flacco in that amazing Super Bowl run, he could hit two or three of those that were game-changing. And that's what allowed them to go on that run. Josh Allen can do that. Mahomes can do that. They can do it at a much higher rate. Drew's got to get somewhere higher than where he's at there because I think that that at the end of the day, that has to be his bread and butter for him to really carve out that kind of career we see for him. That path, it all starts there. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the half-field read thing, you, you get by. You can get by with it. Um, you do have to do whatever you can to maximize Drew. You know, that's the point of having a coaching staff is to put him in the best possible situations and go from there. And this year that might mean cutting out a bunch of the whole field reads where he's looking to his left and looking back to his right. And it definitely limits you and it's not ideal and long-term it might not work. Mm -hmm. But again, you have to remember NFL quarterbacks at this point, they peak at age 31, age 32, and they just keep getting better and better and better to that point. A lot of it mental and just because you have to cut things down to, to those half field reads with Drew right now doesn't mean that next year or the year after or the year after that, he isn't going to pick up on some of that other stuff. Um, and, and I think that if you can make him serviceable now, then there's no reason to, to get rid of him, you know? So if you do cut things down and sure you don't like to limit your playbook or whatever, but you're, you're getting him to complete two thirds of his passes with two touchdowns for every interception and you're winning games, then you say, Hey, what we're doing is working. We hope we can get more, but we can afford to keep working toward that more while also letting him do what he does well until that day comes. If it ever comes. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing. If it ever comes, like if, what if it, if he's somebody who is first read play action can do well, but then, just dropping back, scanning the whole field. What if that doesn't click? And that kind of brings you to an interesting point here in terms of what you emphasize if you're the Broncos because you want to kind of do – You obviously you want to start by kind of building his confidence, but then he has to step forward beyond first read, half field, play action because otherwise that puts a very distinct ceiling on what he can accomplish and it makes the offense – relatively easy to counter for opposing defenses. Mm -hmm. So you have these kind of two things that don't necessarily, that don't necessarily mesh because you, if you want to win right now and you've got coaches who need to win right now, 
And probably everyone in the organization needs to win right now if the yeah. team ends up being for sale because you're basically going to be auditioning for a new owner who may have his or her own ideas and thoughts about how things should be run. Right. So even if you've got a multi-year contract, you're still kind of on the clock and feeling the pressure to win right oh. now. But what allows you to win right now may also not be the best thing for getting a true evaluation on what Drew Locke's ceiling is and if he can figure out what he doesn't have. Yeah, and I mean, I think back to like the the first half leads and stuff and the kind of the the how Drew needs to succeed. We we've laid it out stylistically and statistically. And really with uh, Vic Fangio often play more of a bend don't break defensive approach. Drew's style might just be a little too boomer bust for that to function, you know, and that's where Bridgewater, I think, for for a lot of us, uh, is starting with with an advantage um, in this quarterback race simply because stylistically he's gonna he's gonna give you a, a better pass to win games with Vic Fanjo's defense. Yeah, and mentioning the RPOs earlier, I mean, you you would think that uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater he's got some he's got some RPO in his in his background. Sure. That's the kind of thing that may that that how things might change and maybe you could use even though it's deep in his background because Carolina only actually ran twenty three only had twenty three pass attempts off RPO last year. Yeah, that's interesting. And of course, Teddy's coming off some injuries too. You know that you want to mm-hmm. guard him from. And I'll say this in in Shermer's defense of some of the stuff we've said already. You know, it's it's about four or five coordinators. I've been saying, well, why don't they do this? Why don't they adapt to that? Mm-hmm. I went back to watch Rich Gangarello, you know, uh, D2 film and saw all the RPO he was implementing there. Yeah. It's all the Shanahan stuff that from Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard that they could really adapt. Never quite happened. Bill Musgrave, I remember seeing some jumbo sets that were really creative some some really uh, creative play action he was using with the Raiders. I would always ask, well, why don't they put Garrett Bowles on the move and stuff and utilize his athleticism? I remember once, Garrett Bowles is the tight end lined up for a screen. The tight end's lined up at left tackle. They throw a little bubble screen to Andre Caldwell with Bowles right there lined up next to him in space to block in space. Should be perfect, like go 50 yards. It went like six yards um, mm-hmm. because, you know, so... There's been something about this offense that it, it doesn't matter if we're creative or conservative. None of it's really working. It shouldn't come as a surprise. At the end of the day, it's the NFL, guys. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays or how you're calling the plays. If you can't win one-on-one matchups, you're not going to go all that far. You think maybe, uh, for both of you guys, you think maybe it's a it's a non-issue of coaching, then it's an issue of the material that these coaches have to work with because we've had this conversation kind of so many times over the last five years. I'd like to think that it's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that a couple of years ago, you can look back and say, you know, the, the end of Demarius Thomas's career. I think Emmanuel Sanders was hurt a lot. There have been things that have happened that made things. Even looking back to last year, not having Cortland Sutton for most of the year, you know, mm-hmm. not having um, Albert Okuebunum when right after he goes off, he gets hurt. And so you don't get to see that growth from him. Uh, you have the other receivers. KJ Hamler is is kind of in and out consistently last year and so I do think that there have definitely been some bad breaks for the Broncos as well that could be making it look like they didn't have as much talent as they probably did have 
But yeah, I mean, they were not, as Dre said, winning one-on-one matchups. And if you're not going to win one-on-one matchups, what's, how are you going to win a football game? Very true. Very true. And that's where there's the hope that this year could be different because there is some real talent on this offense. Mm -hmm. We thought that last year too, and injuries didn't work out and Kendall Hinton starting and, you know, it's yep. tough. It's tough to win in the NFL. <laughs> Getting Cortland Sutton back is huge, though. I mean, that's that's a Pro Bowl number one receiver, and you add that to any offense, and it's it's going to change what it looks like. And so there's one piece there. All of a sudden, everybody gets pushed down one spot. You know, if Jerry Judy was seeing number one corners last year, he's seeing number two corners now. If KJ Hamler is seeing number twos and he's seeing number threes, and it just has that ripple effect, yeah. you have that one talent. And also, you want more big plays downfield from Drew. That's the guy who does that. That and is rem- what yeah. he's on this team to do is Cortland Sutton. You know, he can do other things as well. But the reason why you're so excited about him is because if you want to just throw a ball up in the air 60 yards, he's going to go get plenty of those. And as you know, on the corners, Gary Judy was facing number one corners a lot of last year. He was getting open against those number one corners too, which I think what led to some of his frustration. I mean, we that's why I had this conversation uh, on the radio yesterday. The thing that was apparent and the advantage the the advantage I had of being able to at least see most of the games in person, including the road games, was seeing how often Jerry Judy was getting open. Mm-hmm. Something that wasn't necessarily showing. It, it would show up on the all twenty-two. It showed up. It, viewing it from the press box didn't necessarily show up when you're watching first time, but seeing how often Jerry Judy was finding space against those number one corners. And so now he's going to be facing number two. And it's just, I mean, it's an issue of, uh, of, of getting him, of, yeah. of getting him the ball. And that's an issue of him catching it. Yes. But yes, I do in his, in his defense, I think some of the drops were of balls that were catchable, but maybe not the best placed passes. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing where, you hope Drew is improved in that regard. And if it's not Drew Locke, I feel pretty confident that one thing that Teddy Bridgewater will get right is the placement to Jerry Judy because he's already shown that he's on the same page with Jerry. Yeah, Teddy can take what the defense gives you. And that's kind of an underlying theme in all of this is how much is missing the easy ones, missing the open ones, impacting all of this, forcing Drew to be more aggressive, forcing Drew to force... Uh, passes into tight windows, forcing Shermer to abandon the play action game because they're always in second and third and long. I mean, the trickle down effect of not taking the few easy ones you do get in an NFL game, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you become so much easier to scheme and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And getting back to the Judy drops, you know, I, I said this at the time, it was like week 16 or whatever. He had the five drop game. And I said, you know, I think this honestly might be a good thing for him because he's had some drop issues all season. Nothing like this. This is where it goes to the point where people are going to get really, really frustrated with Jerry. But if you're a young receiver and that happens to you that late in the season, that's a big hit to your ego. And you're going to spend a lot of time in the offseason thinking about that and working on catching the football. And who knows if that's actually what happened. You just have to hope that's what happened. And who knows if it actually worked. But I do think that when something like that happens, there has to be something good that comes from it in terms of just like the effort he puts in there. Very good point. And he played well the following week. He had one of his better games mm-hmm. seven days later against the Raiders. So that mm-hmm. I was act- I was glad he didn't have it in week 17, 
16. I was glad he had in week 16 because mm-hmm. then I, he was able to go in having shown, okay, I, I can I can bounce back yes. from this. Real quick, want to tell you about Solace Meds, a new partner for DMVR with some great deals to offer here in the month of July. I'll tell you about Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. They have four locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway and one on East Colfascist blocks from the DNVR bar. And they're going to make your cannabis shopping easy. You head to their website, view their menu, and their website is S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com, solacemeds.com. So go over there, view the menu, order online, and then pick it up at one of those locations at your convenience. Here are some deals that they've got going on right now. Wild Night and Day Gummies, 50% off. All Wana, 25% off. All O.Pen Cured Rosin Cartridges, 20% off. All Green Dot Concentrates, 20% off. 111 Rosin Cones, 20% off. And you get a 10-cent pre-roll or 10-milligram edible when you spend $50. And if you go to their Wheat Bridge location, you'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20 as well. So remember, DNVR20 for 20% off. And if you go to the Wheat Ridge location in particular, you get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. So check all that out at solacemeds.com. And don't forget that code DMVR20 because not only will you get 20% off, then they're going to know that your friends at DNVR sent you. Also want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, the opening ceremonies for the Olympics in Tokyo took place this morning, Denver time. It was Friday evening, of course, in Tokyo. And they've got some stuff going on, some great stuff as the U.S. top athletes are competing for the gold medal. If you place any pre-event wager of $1, you'll be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if the United States wins any medal this year. Think about that. You need extra credits if the U.S. gets one medal. I mean, that's just that that's easy that's peasy, free. right? Yeah. yeah it's it's a basic. Yeah, it's free money. Great point, Dre. Free money. It so. Is. Take advantage of that. Place, place your bet. An offer like this doesn't come around very often. So check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Get that. And then you know place some other bets on the Olympics. There's the, the best thing about the Olympics is a huge buffet. You don't have to consume everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bet on everything. But there's something there if you go deeper. So check all that out. DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, easy to navigate. Has plenty of instructions for new bettors and near limitless ways to get in on the action. We use DraftKings Sportsbook. We love it. We know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 and $100 in free credits if the U.S. wins a medal. That's DNVR. Turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Real quick, also want to tell you about things going on with the Colorado XOs at Infinity Park in Glendale. The Colorado XOs, a brand new rugby team playing against pros that have been playing together for years. They finished up their season at 5-5. Five and five. The Colorado XOs are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respect, respective sports. Now they're going into rugby, so check that out. And if you want to be a part of the Colorado XOs and try out, contact their director of recruitment, Peter Pask. His email, his email address is P-P-A-S-Q-U-E at Glendale. Dot co. us ppask at glendale.co.us but infinity park it's more than just rugby you've got movie nights going on earlier this month they had spider-man into the spider-verse they find out it what's going on at infinity park at glendale.com slash events get updates on all 
big watches. You can they'll big put a big screen on there. You can just sit outside in the field, watch a great movie with friends and family. So check out Infinity Park at Glendale.com slash events to find out what they've going on. Take advantage of that great family outing. They've also got the Sevens Tournament, the Rugby Town Sevens Tournament coming up August 20th through the 22nd at Infinity Park. And for all things rugby, follow Colton Strickler, our guy for rugby, for rugby. Listen to the DMVR Rugby Podcast and follow DMVR Rugby on Twitter. Whew. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I should have spread those out among all of us, but, you know, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's okay. All right. So, based on what we've talked about with Drew, with Drew Lock, and I know Henry and I got in, into the, discussed this uh, yesterday. So, Dre, I'm going to ask you what uh, Henry and I talked about. Do you think Drew Lock is the quarterback of this team a year from now? Um, no, probably not. Given that, I think Teddy Bridgewater will win the race. Um, given that Shermer's still the coordinator, given kind of uh, the pressures to win now, no, I don't think he will be the quarterback going into next year. Will nah. he even be on the roster then? No, probably not. Oh. Probably not. What do you think they get for him then? Hard to say. If he doesn't play much uh, this season, you're, I doubt you're looking at much more compensation than what you got out of Simeon. Um. Obviously, you know, a higher rated quarterback coming into the NFL, but then NFL success about the same. So they got what a sixth or seventh from the Jets for Trevor. Oh, actually, it was the Vikings, I think. Because oh, you're right, you're right. It yeah. is, it is. Um, so you know, like uh, something late day three. Uh, of course, yeah. if if he plays well, I think you could still get a day two pick out of him, but. Um, but if, if he, he plays, if he plays play. well, you're not trading him yeah, unless uh, exactly. you come up with Aaron Rodgers. Or exactly. I know so somebody mentioned Mr. Orange uh, off of YouTube mentioned uh, Deshaun Watson if he clears his name. Right. I mean, right. kind of the interesting things though, you've got some buzz building in Philadelphia though about the Eagles maybe making a play for Deshaun Watson once mm -hmm. things clear up for him uh, if they clear up for him. So you know. It, Philadelphia is one, and again, Philadelphia. If we're talking about Aaron Rodgers as well, if the, if the trade things go things go into next offseason, Philadelphia has the draft capital to make a type of deal that the Broncos don't. Oh yeah, and Howie Roseman's never seen a trade he doesn't like. So yes, <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll make it happen one way or another. Oh, he 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 will he will find a way. Are are either of you guys going to get out to training camp in the next few weeks? Is that are you planning on getting over there? Hank's got it planned. I'm I, I will at some point. We're still waiting on like the Buffs camp mm -hmm. schedule. And so I th I think like last year they were or last year we can go. Two years ago they were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I'll be up in Boulder whatever three days they do it this mm -hmm. year. But then the, the couple of the other days I'll probably get out there just because I need to see for myself. Not that I don't trust you, Mace, but I need to see what Drew looks like for myself. Hank, hit me up. We we need mm -hmm. to do that together. While I'm doing a yes. twelve thirty bets, I can mm -hmm. pull that off. And uh, I think I need to bring the kiddo, so uh, we'll make that happen. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Never lets fun. me around his kid. Yeah. Yeah. There you bring, go. Bring the kiddo and bring sunscreen because yeah, yeah, lots. It's gonna <laughs> be an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably gonna be hot on that hill. Now the way this is gonna yeah. be structured, every day one of Zachary is gonna be in the media area on the hillside. The other is going to be down 
on the field and we're kind of going to we're going to go back and forth a little bit and in fact it's going to be whoever's on the hillside that's going to be doing the QB scoreboard for the day because the view is simply better on the on the hillside you get post practice access for interviews when you're on the field but you can't see as well so that's the other thing about this the, the, it's the best place to watch practice i mean i i i actually one of the wish that one of the things that was permanently changing about this is that the media viewing area every day was always going to be up top on the hill or the media viewing needs to be elevated because i remember thinking the same thing as a first time going to training camp credentialed was like mm -hmm. wait how are you guys writing qb reports every day about this i i can't see anything from this vantage point you know you're just like field level it's so hard to see you can't get too close it's uh I, I admire the work you guys do. It's uh, har harder circumstances than meet the eyes. Well, appreciate that. Thank yeah. you guys very yeah. much. We do have to cut this off because it's there's a little bit of a schedule crunch today. We're actually going to hear from Steve Atwater here in a Good few on. minutes. Andre Simone, thanks for checking in from your home. Henry Chisholm, thanks for coming in from Montana. Hope you continue to have a great time up there. What is the nickname of Montana, by the way? Like we know Colorado's a centennial state. You know, the treasure state. The treasure state. Yes. Okay. When I say that, it sounds wrong, but I know it's right. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know why either. Uh, isn't, we'll isn't, Idaho the, isn't Idaho the gem state? Oh, I, I believe that. It seems like whenever you have to drive through there, they're, they're always talking about like their signs like, come see these gems or whatever. Yes. Mm. Like all the gas stations have stuff like that. They call them museums. Go? Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure State, Gem State, at least is better than a place I used to live, Connecticut, which is the Nutmeg State. Wow, so that's where mm. Nutmeg comes from. Okay. What is yeah. Nutmeg? Like a, like, a, like a little spice, you kind of throw I, it. It's well, ground like up. In the can, but like, is, is it like, it comes from like a tree or like a bush or... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, li I lived there for a year and I didn't look, look it up. Okay, it's the seed or ground spice. Uh, it's seed or ground spice is basically. Huh. Yes. Okay. If consumed in amounts exceeding typical use as a spice, nutmeg powder, according to Wikipedia, may produce allergic reactions, cause contact dermatitis, or have psychoactive effects. Whoa. Huh. Holy cow. Interesting. There's some toxicity to nutmeg. Yeah, we might need to get our hands on some nutmeg. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, <laughs> okay. You can't you, you you can't get acid, but you can get nutmeg at least in ma in enough massive quantities. All right. So from the Centennial State to the Treasure State, and then a few weeks a few weeks from now, the land of ten thousand lakes in Minnesota, when the Broncos have joint practice up there. This QB competition, it's about to get popping, and we're going to find out a lot about Drew Locke, who I think faces maybe more pressure than any quarterback in the NFL going into this season because he's fighting for his career. He's fighting for his job. Before we go, I want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. They're in Lakewood, best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. We've had some DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental and make them their permanent family dentist. They let us know how great their experience was. There's nothing more rewarding than hearing that. So if you go to Green Mountain Dental, let us know what it's like. Our sales director, Lindsay, just had her wisdom teeth out of Green Mountain Dental. So it was literally the best dentist experience of her life. Green Mountain Dental, they'll treat you like family. You become a new patient, they'll send a card to your home. If you have surgery like Lindsay did, the doctor will personally call and check up a few days later. And 
because your family, they'll give you a gift. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. The only toothbrush I use could not recommend the Sonicare toothbrush any more highly. It'll promote good brushing habits. Just listen to the beep. She'll know to move to another quadrant of your mouth. Follow that. You're good to go. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They always want you to know the first step to a good health to good health is by taking care of your mouth. So do that at Green Mountain Dental Group today. This ends our last pre-camp podcast, as it were. Wow. You'll hear from Zach Stevens back from Hawaii next week, Ryan Konigsberg next week, me, Henry, Dre. Thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are busy, so check. So thanks a lot. Glad you were here. Another good show. Great rolling with you guys this week. And for Henry and Dre and Kale Sorbo making the magic happen. Yes. I'm Andrew Mason. Can't wait to talk to you next week. This has been the DMVR Broncos Podcast. Flying cotton would stick to you